Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Cane and Rinse podcast, volume 7, issue 304. It's Crackdown. This is a slight change to your previously advertised schedules. You may have been aware, you may not be, but we have swapped around Crackdown and 1080. So if you're playing along with the show, the next one will be 1080 Snowboarding and 1080 Avalanche, the sequel. Following that, it'll be Final Fantasy 2, then Resident Evil 2, then Tenchu, Stealth Assassins, and following that, Yoshi's Woolly World. Because why not? Yoshi's Woolly World. Head to canerince.com for the full schedule up to the end of the year. That'll be issue 350 in December. If you want to get the show a week earlier than non-subscribers for just a dollar a month, which is 70-something P or 80-something Euro cents, head to patreon.com slash canerince. You can also buy excellent t-shirts and bags, spreadshirt.co.uk slash canerince. We also have a PayPal donate button on our site now if you want to use that, like a virtual uh, uh, tips jar type of thing. And we also have another podcast, as if you didn't know by now. It's called Sound of Play. It's all about our love of video games music, and it comes out every Wednesday for everybody to listen to. And it's uh, it's a really good time. Subscribe, review, rate both the podcasts from wherever you get them, wherever you can. Tell them, tell us, uh, tell your friends even about them, and follow us on the usual places such as Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. And thank you for listening to that. Now joining me, Leon Cox, in issue 304. Yes, that's right. Oh, Leah Haydu. Hi. Agent Tony Atkins. Hello. And it's uh, welcome back to, well, for the first time since May 2016, it's David Turner of The Computer Game Show. Good evening. <laughs> Here he is. He's put his uh, James Farley-style posh voice on uh, to, to uh, cope with us. Uh, we've told him to hush up his potty mouth. Uh, so we can get through this show without too many edits or amusing, sweary noises. How are you, David? I'm very um, focused on the game we're about to talk tonight. Uh, talk about tonight, Leon. Um, I'm I'm very interested to get into the meat and bones of Crackdown. <laughs> no, I'm good. Thank you so much for having me on. It's one of my favourite games, so I'm really excited to talk about it. Well, this is it. You see, I can't remember exactly why we picked this one for this volume. Can you, Tony? We just felt like it because the sequel's on the way. Uh, well, it's recently had its 10-year anniversary. So, it was 10 last year. Yeah, yeah so, a, a few uh, reasons. And the new game's on its way whenever it decides to ever want to release. <laughs> yeah, and as soon as we decided that, and, and really it's been on our, our list a long time, David, you were one of the first people I thought about asking on because going all the way back to the early days, really, of video games podcasting, it was one of the first games I remember hearing you kind of waxing lyrical about, getting excited about, and me starting to realise that maybe podcasts were a, a kind of, you know, a better place for me to get my peer reviews than anywhere else. So I was starting to think that podcasts were a more useful um, sort of medium and a, a, a more a relevant organ than than games magazines were and stuff like that. So this is about 2007, I guess, when yeah, you were playing I mean, Crackdown. it was an exciting time, really, wasn't it? Because, you know, yeah. uh, back then, if someone mentioned a computer game on EastEnders, we went nuts. It was like, yes, <laughs> come on, we've made it. Um, so there was nothing on the radio uh, talking about That's games right. or anything. Uh, still isn't, really. But <laughs> the fact that you could download these little audio files and listen to other people chat yeah. about them was like a big thing. And it was where, where I found so many games in those early days through that um, that it was, yeah, it was quite exciting. Yeah. And so this was me tuning into Joypod, uh, or originally the podcast with no name before it had a name, Slump. Yep. back in 2007. And uh, yeah, I think it was actually, I don't think I bought this game at launch. I think I bought it after I'd listened to you talking about it. So 
yeah, can you remember? Did you did you buy it at launch? Do you remember your sort of time with the game? I remember you talking about playing it online a lot. Yeah, it's a bit hazy. Um, I remember I definitely bought it day one. Um, what I can't remember is if I knew about the Halo Three beta yeah. uh, demo that came free with the game first, or if I'd played the actual Crackdown demo first. Uh, it was one of the two. I'm, I've got a feeling that I knew that it had a beta with it, so I knew yeah. I had to buy it. And I thought, yes. well, I better play the demo first before it comes out just to see what I'm getting myself into. Um, mm. And I remember falling in love straight away, um, not quite understanding what the game was about, um, yeah. but sort of having a feeling of, hey, this is fun just running and jump about, jumping about the place. <laughs> this feels good. Um, so maybe I will go and buy this Crackdown game. <laughs> Sorry, maybe I will play this Crackdown game that came, comes with this uh, Halo 3 yeah. beta th- pass thing. Um, and yeah, I've, I went out, bought it day one and did not look back. I, I mean... I could probably argue with myself that I preferred it to Halo 3 in the end, but uh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if I could fully push with that opinion, but uh, I did I did enjoy it very much. Yeah, the hype was building for Halo. Uh, yeah, we have to bear in mind, of course, that this was a point when uh, there hadn't been a new Halo for over two two years, two and a half years, and, and obviously it was a new generation Halo, and it was, uh, it oh, of was course, a big deal. And the deal. way Halo 2 left us was, uh, yeah. <laughs> it was like, oh, come on. Left so us dangling. everyone was waiting yeah. for that, yeah. Yeah, we'll talk a bit more about the, the whole situation with the demo in a bit, but let's hear about you, Tony. So we all know, I think, now by now that you were an enthusiastic early adopter of the Xbox 360 era. Yeah, yeah, long time. And this game? Yep, um, I had a quick look at True Achievers because I couldn't remember if I had or not, but yes, apparently I did buy it day one uh, on lots of achievements on that day, so I'm going to yep. assume I did. Um, yeah, like yeah, like that everyone knows, the Halo 3 beta seemed like a perfectly good excuse to buy any kind of game, but um, yeah, I'm sure as we discussed through this show, you know, I'm sh- I think you know for me anyway, Crackdown proved to be more than just the game with the Halo 3 beta on uh, you know, tagged on. Um, but yeah, I was, I don't know if I was excited about it, but I, uh, like if other people, I'd, I'd messed around a bit. I played the demo and yeah, I, I wanted to get into it. And yeah, I, I, it, it, it won me over. Um, let's just say that. Yeah. Have you been back to it at all? There's no I pressure have. on this at no, all. No, no, I have, uh, yes. Um, yeah. Purely, into, as you know, I'm always interested to see how games, you know, stack yeah. up from memories to, uh, you know, well, here, what, 11, close on 11 years down the line. Yes. Um, and yes, <laughs> we'll talk about it a bit later. Okay. But Just, they're, they're, yeah, that's fine. That's all, I, that's all is, I wanted to know. Um, yeah, there's a there's a tad difference from, you know, the mind's eye. But that's, mm. yeah, we will talk about that later. But yeah, I have been back and, uh, you know, I've not sat there and played through the entire game again, but I have spent you no. know, three or four hours um, doing some missions and just, you know, getting yeah. that, that feel. Yeah, for sure. Leah, early adopter of the crackdown? No, actually. Uh, I um, That was around the time when I wasn't really playing that many shooters. I was still pretty much... Uh, locked into the RPG thing and was very bad at any kind of shooty shooty games. Um, and this, it would have been, see, I was working at GameStop, but it would have been uh, after Crackdown came out, but before, because I was working at GameStop when Halo 3 launched. So I had a period of time in there where people would have been looking for it for that demo, essentially. Um, so I do remember that. Um, looking at my achievement list, uh, I uh, finished the game in 2010. Uh, so I had a few years of a gap in between there. Uh, and 
I, um, despite the fact that uh, it was a little later on, I really enjoyed uh, the hell out of it and, um, you know, had uh, as one of the earlier games that kind of got me back, well, not even back into uh, kind of uh, action shooters, uh, but really got me into them in the first place because I wasn't playing that many of them before. I, I think it was really successful in that. And uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll go into some more detail, but uh, no is yeah. the answer. I was, I was kind of, uh, I was kind of a late adopter on this one. Mm. Uh, yeah. So I think, I think I didn't day one this, uh, but I think, it, I, as I say, I, I I could be, you know, sort of ab- amalgamating memories here. But but I think that it was I, I, I want to say it was at least partially Dave's enthusiasm on, on Joypod. Oh, you're um, really struggling to say that, aren't you? I mean, you can thank me. Just thank me now in front of everyone. It's fine. You can just admit that, you know, I you sold me a game quite a lot in yeah, your yeah. life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This this gobby little twenty two year old Cockney <laughs> lad or whatever you were at that point uh, somehow that was a Cockney lad enthusiasm infectious enthusiasm um, yeah and I ended up I ended up playing it quite a lot and see the demo wasn't a big seller for me not because I'm not into Halo I, was, I, I loved Halo but because I'm not into demos really or betas so I th- I think I had literally one game of the Halo three beta when it came out um, just to see and I was like yeah there you okay. go just just check your <laughs> achievements you you brought it. A week later, on the Friday, a week later. Really? Yeah. Okay. Thirtieth March two twenty seven. So uh, that well, that would suggest then that David got a podcast out between it coming out and me buying it. If that's the if that's all the case, that's quite possible, isn't it? In in the middle of if, you already. If it, doing... if it helps, you unlocked an achievement and then you sat on it until middle of August two thousand eight. I do associate it with (laughs) maybe that's what happened I bought it and then didn't play it and then heard David being excited about it and that got me to pick it back up again I do associate it with playing it in in the heat of summer uh, very strongly actually Um, but yeah I finished it back at the time and I've been back to it uh, more recently it's a game that I keep installed actually on my 360 which stays hooked up so um, I occasionally just drop in just to see if I can find any of those missing orbs it's one of those few Microsoft titles where they've not made it back compatible one one can only yeah, assume they're gonna. Yeah, I, I assume it's so they can bundle it with um, the new one at some point. But it, it seems mean. <laughs> yeah, they should well, do one and two as free download codes, like they did mm-hmm. with the Gears games. That would be great. Um, yeah, I mean, it's with weird it coming that it's not... free to well, essentially free to um, the the Game Pass. It's uh, that sort of stuff. Seems yeah, that will probably dwindle away those sort of offers. But uh, mm, true. Yeah, and yeah, I'm gutted that I couldn't boot it up on my Xbox One because um, I mean I've still got my 360 hooked up, but um, uh, essentially for Crackdown. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because <laughs> yeah. um, I, t- I tend to load it up once a year to try yes. and find that last orb. Um, but I never, I've not, I've still not found it. They should um, have released an orb tracker. Was it, was it Burnout Paradise that released a thing where you could work out, you, you could use an online tool to work out which barriers you hadn't smashed through yet? Um, something like that would have been nice. Well, they actually, they actually um, added a patch to uh, Crackdown, um, right? That that made them slightly louder. And more obvious to, uh, to find, but uh, it just still didn't help me. <laughs> still couldn't no, find it. No, not loud enough. No, too far away. Mm. No, they need to be. They needed to be much louder. Than just put a were. dot on the map. That would have been better. <laughs> yeah, uh, like yeah, oh, no, more of an Assassin's me. Creed kind of thing. Yeah, that would would have would have wouldn't have been right. 
So, yeah, let's talk about the background to the game a little bit. Uh, the developer uh, is named as Real Time Worlds, published by Microsoft, of course. Um, the creative director, and this was always this this was part of the interest to me. It was David Jones, who mm. was responsible for a couple of um, very well received shoot 'em ups for the Amiga Menace and Blood Money in particular. He was also the man behind Lemmings, oh. which was massive. And he was also the man behind the original Grand Theft Auto, as well as uh, Body Harvest. Body Harvest on the N64, which was kind of a a, a bit of a predecessor to Crackdown in some ways, um, in that it was open world and you could get in vehicles and uh, it it was kind of third person shootery and that sort of thing. So uh, he had pedigree. Uh, Producer was Phil Wilson, who had previously worked on Hogs of War, which was a 3D Worms game probably the first one of those uh, and also gunmetal uh, design lead Billy Thompson had previously worked on the first two Grand Theft Autos and later on Kinect Star Wars <laughs> Um, des- designers included Gary Penn of Denki, who I know best as editor of Zap64 and other magazines, including for one brief period a porno mag, as I recall, um, Nave or something, I think it was. Uh, also wrote many game manuals in the um, 8 and 16 bit days. Uh, and also Jonathan Hughes, who had worked on the Premier Manager series from 2000 to 2005. Um, lead mission designer was Bill Green, who went on to design missions for the Batman Arkham series, every game in that series. So that's uh, that's some good stuff as well. Uh, level and mission designer included uh, Russ Flaherty, worked on Far Cry and the ill-fated APB MMORPG. Uh, mission designers included Ed Campbell, from who'd worked on Zool 2, and Neil Crawford, who worked on one of David's favourite, State of Emergency. Oh, classic. Absolute <laughs> classic. <laughs> the, the proto-crackdown in many ways. Yeah. Uh, art director was Jeff Cairns, who previously worked on Wild Metal Country. Also, artists uh, Russell Murray from Heads, <laughs> Head Extreme Destruction Zone, bit of an obscure one. That uh, animators included Andrew Sawyers, who went on to work on Alien Isolation, which we covered a while back. Neil Pollock from Earthworm Jim 3D and Connect Star Wars again, so we know where some of this team ended up. Uh, and also Richard Clay, who'd worked on Medieval Res- Resurrection, which I believe is being resurrected again, um, but more recently on Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, and the environment lead was Richard Fox, who worked on Powermonger with Peter Molyneux, worked on the intro of that, and also the second entry into the Elder Scrolls series, Daggerfall. So there's quite some, you know, there's a lot of, a lot talent. of uh, pretty, pretty, yeah, a lot of talent. Good word for it. Um, they flipped the engine to Renderware somewhere de- through development. More on that. It came out on the Xbox 360 alone uh, in the United States on the 20th of February 2007. Uh, Australia and Japan on the 22nd of February, renamed to Riot Act in Japan with a sort of anime-styled cover art by uh, Monkey Punch of Lupin the Third fame. And interestingly, the voice uh, that you hear the most in the game, uh, which we'll talk about, he did voices for Lupin the Third as well. So there's a strange connection there. And the EU release was 23rd of February 2007. Yeah, so almost exactly 11 years ago. Uh, the game was not sold in Germany due to the USK's decision not to rate the game according to GameSpot. This was due to pending legislation at the time to create criminal penalties for games that included cruel violence on humans or human-looking oh, characters. how far we've come. <laughs> if Crackdown was that now. Oh. Yeah. I mean, it is violent. Yeah, but like, and I just it's... finished Wolfenstein 2. <laughs> Do you yeah. know, I was about to say that exact same <laughs> sentence. I just yeah. got to the end yep. of Wolfenstein Does 2. It kind of, kind of puts so, things in yeah. perspective, doesn't it? <laughs> Does a bit, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Just little blood Ooh. sprays and people ragdolling about cell shaded characters doesn't really feel that 
feel that difficult. Anyway, I found a three-word review, or I was, I was given a three-word review on the Computer Game Show Discord channel from one stake attorney who says, illegal in Germany. And as we mentioned, not currently backwards compatible with Xbox One, despite the fact that it was given away as a game with gold yeah. some time ago. That was just before they changed the rules so that any 360 game that was given away was, would be backwards compatible out the box. So time will tell. I think maybe maybe it's something to do with it, the coding that's meant that it's not been easy to emulate or something. I'm not sure. but That, uh, that can't be the case. There must be something else there. I mean, I, I think that we the, were talking about earlier if, if it is being saved for when Crackdown 3 is, uh, is a little bit closer yeah, to release. So. I, I think that that's probably dead on. They're going to put it out as a backwards compatible title right before that happens to spark more interest in the uh, in the sequel. Could be, could be. Uh, sell a few dozen more copies, won't it? <laughs> yeah, I'm not quite sure how that would work. Like from yeah. a market, I mean, it must have some effects, but oh, no, maybe yeah. just puts the name out there again. But I can't imagine anyone going, "Oh yeah, this 360 mm. game's good. I'm definitely going to spend fifty pound on the new one." Like, it's just, I, I don't get mm. it. Mm. Um, reviews were kind, but not stellar. I would say the average was eighty three point three five percent from eighty seven reviews. So uh, you know, it's, a, it's it's decent. Um, but didn't hit the nines that some people seem to uh, need to get their bonuses and some buyers seem to need to even consider buying a game. But uh, but there it was. It sold one and three quarter million copies worldwide, um, physically anyway, don't know about the digital. So we mentioned the Halo 3 beta key being included in the box, it, which actually opened up some months later, wasn't it? I can't remember when it went, when the, the beta actually was playable. It was... Various days in late in that summer, I think, or that spring, summer. Yeah, I think summertime. part of the idea was for people to buy the game and one of these that uh, you know keep the game because you can have this beta. Yeah. Go, don't sell That's it right. because you won't have access. Or and um, yeah. yeah, but it was quite a while. I'm pretty sure it was in the summer. It was a good few months. You had to keep up with that disc or just rebuy the game from many other places. Yeah, well, no, it was twelve pounds in mm. uh, Game Station or whatever. Yeah, so um, Microsoft found that by October two thousand and six, the game had fallen into the bottom thirty percent in test player reaction of all games currently in testing. The bottom fifty percent in interest. Although the numbers improved after a month to help the struggling game, Microsoft decided to package the Halo Three multiplayer trial with it. It was a great boost, said producer Phil Wilson. Uh, Dave Jones was also positive about the time with the Halo Three trial. We kind of new crackdown would need as much help as it could get to get into players hands like we've always said it's a game player's game it's not something that's going to sell in screenshots so the halo 3 beta was good and crackdown also appears in the 2010 book i recommend this book 1001 video games you must play before you die obviously by its nature it's aged a bit in over the last eight years but uh, still well worth reading that was by general editor tony mott who uh, used to occasionally appear on um, joypod back in the day i believe david uh, yeah he did he was a big fan um and <laughs> yeah we had him we we definitely had him on don't listen to the clips because definitely uh, had him on yeah his voice has changed <laughs> over the years Crackdown was envisioned to exceed the gameplay of Grand Theft Auto, uh, as it was then. I guess we were up to GTA San Andreas at this point. We hadn't had GTA 4 yet, remember? Giving the player toys to create their own in-game moments that could be verbally shared with others, exactly as David did on his show. The entire playfield was to be open at the start, requiring the need to create a progression for the player while still allowing for experimentation. Real-time worlds had hired a number of former GTA developers who experimented with refining the game's sandbox element. David Jones, CEO, described the concept of the game as how do we reward somebody for just having fun? Development of the game began in 2002 with a target release 
2005 on the original Xbox. Nine people were involved in the initial development of 12 months with plans to expand to 35. By 2004, Microsoft brought the team the Xbox 360 hardware and suggested... I bet I know how they suggested moving the game to that system with a release date in spring 2006. In January 2005, they switched to RenderWare 4, which caused many problems and was considered a gross mistake by Wilson. Microsoft was able to provide additional programmers to help during 2006 to correct the problems just in time to create a demo for the 2006 E3 convention. Wilson admitted that when Crackdown was first unveiled, the team thought the game was too early to debut. By the time we got to the end of pre-production, we were woefully under understaffed and over budget Wilson commented so the demo came out 23rd January about a month before the final game and the thing I remember about this I guess you guys might too those who did download it it was an unusual one this is something I think more games should have learned from and it still doesn't seem to be the case it was a vertical slice in that it gave you pretty much open run of a large area of the game and accelerated your progress so that you could get a sense for where the game was going to take you I do remember that, and uh, I remember being extremely confused when the full when I played the full game. And I was like, "Why is it? Why is it taking so long to get up to uh. four stars?" Uh, and then realizing that, oh, of course it does. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I I thought that was a great way of showing how the progression system worked yeah. uh, in a short amount of time, and and what the payoff was for getting there. Um, yeah, and it felt quite extensive. I mean, we spent a lot of time on the demo. Yeah, um, I remember we'd boot it up, and of course you'd have to start from zero every time you did. It didn't save your pro- progress or anything. But mm. yeah, I said it about about half an hour to an hour in, you were fully leveled up, and you could jump all over the place. It was just the it was just the first area, wasn't it? The the first sort yeah. of um, island bit. Yeah, yes. and that was kind of enough to get a feel of the climbing systems and everything. So um, yeah, it worked very well. Yes, yeah, certainly for a game that you know a vertical slice. I think if you, I mean, having started a replay of it uh, this week, starting out mm. again as just you know uh, a, a rookie, you know your jump isn't very high. It's you know, your shooting is not particularly good. The cars don't transform, and all that kind of good juicy stuff isn't isn't there that you know from playing the game for many hours. So the idea that you could actually see that in a you know, a relatively short yeah period of time maybe we should have played the demo again <laughs> yeah <laughs> well, and, and but equally i think if they just dropped you into i, I guess you know, it wouldn't have been so bad dropping you into a fully leveled up agent you'd running around and doing those things but that would have been a real kind of um a shock i think if you then go into the game it's like what <laughs> why am i not powerful at all okay i'll tell you what that's a risk that's a huge risk to do that isn't it mm, when you yeah. think about it to say okay so in the demo we're going to show you how powerful you can be mm. like the, you're going to show them the end game um mm. it's a massive risk to take but i think it certainly paid off because um you know once i was playing the final game i was like right i want to get that leveled up i know what it looks like i know what it feels like i want to get back to that so um, yeah. it, it sort of forced me to to play through I don't want to call it a grind because I, I absolutely loved it, but it forced you to focus on leveling up for, for long periods of that. I think it might depend, and, and I did not play the demo because, like I said, I, I didn't actually mm. play the game for a couple of years after it released, but I think that there are a fine number of uh, 
types of game that 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 kind of demo would work on. Uh, and with this one, uh, since you can see in that in that demo where you're going to get to, the important part is that you always feel like you're making progress, and that's where we get the orbs from because you can always kind of that it just gives you enough tiny little hits of dopamine just along the way that it always feels like you're going towards getting where you want to be if you've played the demo or you know t- to the end of the line even if you haven't played the demo well the great thing about the leveling system was that it wasn't just the orbs the orbs gave you a boost to all attributes and you know that you can level up um but everything you did in that game from shooting to mm-hmm. running people over to you know everything you did added xp to each ability well when I, yeah when um, I, when i so, say orbs i even mean like not even just the big ones that you go searching for but like the little ones that pop out of somebody when you shoot yeah, them or oh, totally, oh yeah, god just that that i love pathetic. that <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'd forgotten all about mm-hmm. that yeah they they split them up into tiny little orbs that sort of mm-hmm. zoom towards you so if you mm-hmm. snipe someone from another building mm-hmm. you just yeah. see these things float over to you from from their area it was, yeah that was that was a really nice yes. sounds like a sniper's mm-hmm. nightmare <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, on, on this subject, an initial fear of Jones uh, was that uh, in the early part of the game, when the agent is underpowered, the player may not realise the potential and would not complete the game. People weren't quite sure because at that level, you're kind of like most characters in most other games. Uh, Jones also expressed concern that this game does not look good in screenshots. They took two major steps to overcome this. First, the demo for the game on Xbox Marketplace allowed for accelerated growth of the player's abilities. Second, a full game included five in-game movies that would be presented early on to the player that would give them a taste of what a fully powered character could do. Oh, God, yeah, I remember those, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, talking about the potential pitfalls of releasing such a demo, though, this is uh, Craig from the Cane and Rinse Forum. Crackdown is a game my brother and I wasted a fair bit of time on, mostly just egging each other on to see what silly and uh, somewhat sociopathic things we could do. However, we never actually bought the game. We weren't interested in the story, and the game let you play in a large enough area with enough powers that we were quite content just using that as our sandbox. It was one of those cases where the demo was too good, and we never felt that we'd get any more fun from the game than we were already uh, having in the trial version. In retrospect, I feel kind of bad for the developers, but whenever I hear about current developers talking about the difficulties of creating a demo, I always think back to this game. Mm. See, as someone that's played the full game, obviously, there are so many areas that you you haven't even tasted that game until you've been to the top of the tower, for example. (laughs) Yeah. Um, As well as the other areas that seem to just get better and better. I've never really had that particular problem with demos. I Every once in a while, more frequently than I would expect, really, I will hear people talking about how they really loved this game, but they only ever played the demo, and they played the demo over and over and over and over again. For me, and I mean, that's great. I, I kind of envy that, but I, <laughs> I I don't play demos too frequently. And when I do, it's, I guess they just work better on me than, than, than they are, uh, than, than they do on some other people. I like, I'm, mm. I'm kind of the target for those kind of things because if I do enjoy the demo, then awesome. I want to have more of that. If I don't enjoy the demo, yeah. then I'm, I'm not interested anymore. So mm. I, very, very few times have I ever really wanted to go back to specifically a demo. I think more than likely, well, more people now actually play the demos and it puts them off the game. Yeah. So little invested in it. You try it for five seconds. Mm-hmm. Meh, not really my thing. Move on rather than I've purchased this game. <laughs> I will see my purchase through. So yeah, yeah demos are a, a messy old subject. But um, for this one, it, it obviously makes sense. I think it's slightly more innocent time back then as well. Yeah, true. As- I always think a, a specific designed build is likely to be 
more effective mm. like obviously in in the case of craig there it, it was like the demo was too good almost but i reckon probably for every one of those there were probably five people who maybe wouldn't have bought it who did because of that vertical slice element and they got to you know see the powered up character so i don't know i mean obviously it sold best part of two million copies i don't know what the expectation was but um yeah and it's uh yeah it's kind of gone down as a bit of a cult classic if, if nothing else i'm interested to any of you guys so for me my sort of motivation to play this game was for the shenanigans of it and i wondered if any of you had played any of the sort of precursors to this game i'm thinking of things like mercenaries do you remember that the the sort of shenanigans sandbox what year was just cause one was that before this as well was that like 2005 maybe i'm pretty sure just cause one was out before this yeah yeah so there had been other games of of its ilk i should say um and so i i guess from my point of view as somebody who'd enjoyed the gta games although hadn't finished any of the 3D GTA games, I'd, I'd had an enormous amount of time just mucking around and causing havoc in a 3D open world. And it seemed like this game would allow me, yeah, the, that that kind of sandbox superhero nonsense playground. Well, it's, it's I mean, it's interesting you should bring this up because uh, Noah hadn't played those other games before playing uh-huh. this. Saints Row um, even? Yeah, Saints Row. I mean, um, um, no, I hadn't played Saints Row right. at that time. No. Did, did Saints Row come out before this? Mm. Well, I didn't know that. Basically, this game, it was the first time I had ever played a game without worrying about what the missions were or where I'm going, or, or more importantly, that question, what am I supposed to be doing? You know, yeah. that, that was a question, especially especially around that, that sort of era of gaming, where I was playing games and at one point I'd go, right, what am I supposed to be doing? Like, what, what, where am I supposed to go? What am I supposed to do? Um, and I mean, the whole way this game was set up initially is that, you know, there are enemies about and there are some, you know, bosses to beat and the bosses were just slightly more powerful, you know, normal enemies. Um, but they're darted about everywhere and you go and take them out as and when you want. Um, mm. But th- that wasn't even the focus of the game for me, or especially for me. And um, I'm pretty sure for anyone else that plays it, it was more about let's go and have some fun let's see what happens if we do this it mm. was about coming up with ideas and seeing how it played out so whether you were playing co-op uh, over the internet or whether you were um, just sitting down playing on your own or or you had a mate over and you're both passing the pad or whatever there was this constant discussion going on whether in your head or between the two of you saying what happens if we just get all these explosion barrels and put them on the beach? Okay, that's good, but what happens if we put a car on top? What happens if we grab 50 dead bodies, put them in a pile and like litter it with explosion barrels and blow that up? Yeah. And so I would spend hours every evening thinking of these ideas, spending ages setting them up. And then, you know, it all builds up to you finally firing a bullet at one of the explosion barrels and seeing seeing what happens. This game for me was a playground and it was the first time that I'd experienced a game that was letting me mess about, like play about. We had, like, for example, we had uh, Grand Theft Auto, uh, Grand Theft Auto 3. When I wasn't um, following the mission structure in that game, I was trying to cause as much havoc as possible. Yeah. That's one thing. So I'd, I'd I'd experienced that, but that was it. It was right. Let's try and get our star level as high as we can and see how long we can survive. Yeah. That was it. This was a completely different feeling. It was more. 
can I get up onto the top of the building? And if I can, can I throw an explosion barrel down on that car? Mm-hmm. Um, like the first time we realised that you, you know, you had those satellite dishes that you could blow them up, take them down, and then move them onto the road, and the cars wouldn't detect that they were on the road. So yeah. they would drive full speed at these upturned satellite dishes and just fly into the air, like just completely fly out into the air. And, uh, you know, it was that sort of stuff. It was it was think and and do. That that was what this game was for me. And it was the first time, because I've played games since uh, that, that have done that. Like, yeah. um, there was a bit of an era on the, P, uh, on the PS3 where these smaller games come out that was just about experimenting and um, you know there's been there's been loads recently mainly indie games but then there's also been Just Cause 2 which was another yeah. huge one for me and mm. uh, Just Cause 3 to some extent I didn't enjoy it as much as 2 but mm. it was it felt like a completely different genre even though it was a third person shooter that I'd played a million times before and it was going with this open world sort of you know, level that you, you've played that it was really big back then you know so many games had this sort of style of uh, world to explore but for this it was it, for me it was a playground and it had enough elements in it whether it was just the mechanics of what was going on around you or the um you know the physics system involved yeah it had enough elements in there for you to muck about with and see what happens um and that's I guess, because I was thinking today, what was it about this game that really, mm. really appealed to me? And when I really think about it and try and analyse it, it was that. It was the first of its type for me. Um, and that's what kept me coming back for more, because I just thought, I'm logging on now. I don't know what I'm going to do in that game. And then two hours later, I'd have had a complete blast doing something we never would have thought we were doing. Yeah. Um, and you know the stories, Leon. It, it got pretty horrific at times, but uh, it was always good fun, and that—that's what made this game so special for me. Yeah, we'll come back to the specific modes you created. Um, ah. So, yeah, Tony, I'm—I'm I'm interested. Like, when you were going into this game, like, what was the appeal for you? I, was, I just wanted to sort of mention the scenario, which is. Uh, it's basically RoboCop. Um, you've got some, um, you've got some uh, super cops, uh, you know, genetically modified, who are sent out down to the carnage on the streets in a society that's gone completely uh, haywire with uh, organised gangs from various cultures, uh, with uh, various uh, racial stereotypes in charge, and um, and yeah, clean up the streets by whatever means necessary don't worry too much about the collateral damage it's set in a kind of you know dystopian near future it's kind of cell shaded so it looks a bit like a comic book was any of this stuff the appeal for you or was it just the the yeah the shenanigans and the emergent nonsense and craziness well the story is utter uh, poppycock and rubbish to be <laughs> honest and um going mate back- it's got one of the best twisting gaming tone <laughs> you can't i mean you can't diss it for its story. Uh, <laughs> that twist just hits you. And, cu- and certainly coming back to it, you know, near on eleven years later, um, you know, some of the voice acting is hilarious. But you know, that's no. I mean, it's exactly like Dave. It, it it was it was never about the story, and then very little was it about the progression of the story. And uh, apart from moving into different areas to to have more chaos and fun, um, but just like David, it was about primarily leveling up the agent um because that allowed you to have more fun you know get up to higher peaks um create larger explosions essentially run faster hit things harder etc etc so no it was was never about 
the progression of I wonder what's happening in this environment. But um, but one thing I have to say is, I it's interesting in a lot of these games is that you you're actually playing you know like that kind of ah oh, middle grey grey ground you know is 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 he a good guy is he a bad guy I don't really know you know um yeah and quite often you think about GTA you do have the police chasing after you in this case you are the police now. Obviously, you're a police with, the super police. with a, a rocket launcher and collateral damage, etc., etc. And if you actually do start to kill um, civilians, they do start to turn on you. But I think it's an interesting point. To you know, do get penalised. Yeah, yeah, that you, you, know, you are actually one of the good guys for once trying to take down the bad guys rather than being... Or uh, are you, spoilers, <laughs> well, uh, later. Yes. Um, the, the reason I think I, I would have stuck with it and, and still enjoyed this aspect today is the physics engine. I think that's ultimately... Um, yeah, it's absolutely. Uh, you know, technically, it's, I mean, it's havoc. It's just havoc physics, but it's. Uh, yeah, but, it's... but okay, well, okay. Let me just context it. It to me, it reminds me of playing Halo. Like it's got that kind of, you know, driving a warthog around that kind of spongy, but just fun appeal that you know things have maybe low a, gravity yeah maybe just a bit too of, you know not or not yeah. enough gravity to to certain things and it that yeah. it allows you to have more fun in that sandbox well it's not serious at all um and you know talking with david like actually um i remember sitting on a, a top of a rooftop sniping uh cars uh, on their wheels mm. coming over a bridge because they would yeah. be coming down this bridge oh, at a, gotcha. a particularly you know fast angle and if you snipe the wheels the cars would do you know not just Pop one barrel tires, roll, yeah. they would do 20 barrel rolls down the road whilst taking out other cars along the way it's just you know that's the funny stuff so was it ever yeah, about the cell shaded yeah. sort of art led into the the comic book kind of uh yeah the, the the comic book aesthetic led into the ridiculousness of the exactly yeah the, the action on offer yeah so yeah it's a playground and the, and the physics the physics also play into the player movement doesn't it I mean it, it yeah it essentially is it, it's a little bit like that sort of Mario style you can jump but once yeah. you've jumped you've still got a bit of control obviously yes. you've not got as much of control as you are when you're on the ground but you can still move the character around just enough so when you're hopping yeah. from building to building you mm. don't have to be precise it feels it just feels right you know you can just adjust yourself just enough so that if you fail the jump completely then you are going to fall off but if you get it near enough right you can adjust your character to land where you want him to and that that just let that free flowing movement keep going and once all your abilities like your speed um went up and your height of your jump went up and everything it just felt perfect it felt co- like it felt like complete freedom in this yeah, world i'm trying to know? think of something else any games of recent that have done, i think done that kind of that traversing as well I, I yeah i think you end up falling on well the saints row series kind of went down that route but they they maybe took it yes. too far they started to, you know you could fly around the map and you could you know do ridiculous speeds around the environment where this although it's absolutely has no reality what to it so whatsoever it feels maybe just slightly more grounded in uh you know a, you know if, if a super agent could jump they could jump maybe the height of a, this high in a building but not you know up this the entire side of a skyscraper in one go um, yeah and the, ga- the good those games always missed one of the main points about crackdown that made it so good the traversal it was you know saints road games you jump and you land on the top of the building that wasn't the point Part mm. of the part of what made it so fun is that you'd look up at a building in Crackdown and go, right, there are climbable windows, they're yes. over there, I can yeah. reach there, I can get to there. It it climbing a tower was a puzzle in itself, you know. Mm. And it, it, it came from looking up, seeing where you could sort of piece together a line and then attempt it and sometimes you'd be just out of reach, miss a miss a yeah. legend land on the floor again. But yeah. uh, that that 
that sent it, like when when these games started coming out and adding superhero mechanics to this these sort of open world games, it was always oh it's got that crackdown thing, and it never mm. did because it mm. never it it was felt more unlimited. Crackdown had a limit to yeah. what you could what, do. Uh, I think the, the, uh, the, abs- the absolute prime example was that was actually climbing the agency tower. Yeah, um, yeah, totally. I mean, everybody essentially tried this. It's one of the first things you do when you realise this is clearly the tallest place in the game, I want to get up the top of there. And they were so clever in the way that they would add one ledge that was just out of your reach. And yeah. you would try it multiple times and then you go, know, fine, you go off and get rid of your orbs and do that again and you'll find yourself halfway up the tower only to find another ledge and succumb to its ah oh, and then jump off into the swimming pool down below and move forward. And it's not until quite late in the game you finally get enough um orbs to allow you to get to that. But it, yeah. at that point and, and I think this is the the, the real thing of uh, proper game design is it feels like you've earned that reward. It's you know, it's take it's not just you did one or two great big leaps and landed on top of the tower. It's taken you multiples of hours to actually perfect that. And actually that last two or three jumps onto the top of that tower was that moment of, oh my God, <laughs> I'm up here at long last. And, it, and, and yeah, what happens when view. you get to the top? You see a tiny little swimming pool right yep. at the bottom and you think, right, I'm going for that. <laughs> and you get an achievement. And what's what's even what's even better is that by the end of it, like I mean, you have to put in a lot of hours to be able to climb that thing. But by mm. the end of it, you can reverse a four by four up it, just <laughs> 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 all the way out the walls. It's yeah. beautiful. Yeah, and one thing I noticed going back as well that was curious and actually took me by surprise at first is um, so for years I'd had the same save game and, I'd, and so every time I'd gone back in I'd still been pretty much fully powered up but going back to it now I don't know if I deleted my save or, or I didn't should, didn't sync it with cloud so I ended up starting again basically which I thought well that's fair enough I, I, I could do with feeling what it's like to, to be back at the start and you take a lot of fall damage and I think over the years games have uh, kind of worked around this by giving you different ways out of it now i think maybe later in the game you could um slam into the floor to avoid full damage but you can't at first i'm not quite sure or maybe i'm getting it confused with other games in my mind like uh, infamous but i mean what you say about climbing the buildings is is so true um like I, I enjoy the infamous games. I know not everybody does, but actually one of the things that, that you can do in those games often is use one of your powers to get from bottom to top of any particular building with one sort of move. But yeah, in this, exactly as you say, there is this sort of almost Mario-esque. I mean, it's not quite as um, smooth and precise and and deliciously inertia-y as um, Mario, but you do have to do these things which uh, were once and briefly known as curly muffins, which is a very old 2D platforming thing which is the thing where you exactly as you say you jump out and then curl back in to get you know to jump on a higher ledge completely impossible of course in real life but very satisfying in a video game environment and doing it repeatedly over and over again and accurately is necessary to get higher um, and it's quite easy to mess it up and, and as you say end up falling back down but there's that temptation. There's normally going to be something up there that, whether it's a, 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 a fast travel point, which are the sort of the agency markers, the the arms uh, caches, or just some more orbs, some orbs, Darren. Um, yeah, happy time. I'm sorry. Can we go back for for a second to uh, the part where you called them curly muffins? Is that a real thing? Uh, it was it was very briefly a, a real yeah. thing in at least one or two British magazines. Right. I learned something new it today. It wasn't a real thing. He's he's made it up. You've questioned <laughs> I him see. On it yes, trick the American. I got it. It's just 
<laughs> it's just before your time. Um, Leo, I was going to ask you, yeah. like, was the was the superpower fantasy and the cleaning the streets like a, in the sort of a style of an 80s brawler or a 90s shooter something that appealed to you? Or was it was it the being, you know, the, the progression and the leaping about? My experience was pretty different, actually. I uh, and I, mm. I think I've mentioned this. I, I know I've mentioned this on shows before and I'm thinking of The Witcher 3 show specifically games with. Uh, open worlds or even semi-open worlds I have a really hard time with unless I have something to be going after I don't do well with a there's a bunch of stuff in the just go, the, the sandbox thing I don't do very well with that okay um, ah. I enjoy if there are even small uh, rewards to be had along the way or small um, kind of objectives I'm all over it yeah. uh, if I get into that world I will do everything I, I really I there is definitely something in my brain that just lights right up when I see a map with a bunch of little icons on it. So um, yeah. that's that's great. And this game has more than enough of that to, to keep me happy. So my experience was more, I always kind of had something that I was doing as a main objective. And I would break off from that and go find the orbs. And, you know, if I saw something along the way, but I was always kind of headed in at least a general way towards whatever the next thing was I was doing. And that got yeah. me in trouble a couple of times. Um, yes. the, the, the biggest thing that I remember about this game, uh, one of my very first experiences with it, uh, was it is an open world because you can go wherever you want pretty much from the beginning, but it's really difficult if you choose a path that is not the first path that they necessarily want you to go on. I ended up going very first place because there are three kind of main islands or, or sectors that you can uh, start off in I went to the third one first uh, and you can do that but it's I, I got there and I was like wow this is really hard I am having a really difficult time mm. with this and it, yeah. it's much easier if you come back to that later after you have leveled up yeah. your character it is very possible to continue on through uh, but it's it's extremely difficult so um, I thought that I uh, was just bad at video games which I mean I'm still not ruling that out but um, in this case there was at least a, uh, a small reason for for what was going on there but yeah I, I I had a wonderful time doing what I was doing but I was not so much the uh, the find my own fun type in, in this game I, I think it's great that mm. that's there though um, even even still I just I don't know I, I i'm not i'm not good with that i need i need a goal i need to be doing something yeah. but i guess when you got into the sort of the individual skirmishes like um you know finding mm -hmm. one particular boss who's who's hung out in one particular locale um there there comes that that's where the gameplay still although the actual i would say the the sort of the individual firefights mm -hmm. are not good by modern standards they possibly weren't even great by mid-2000 standards <laughs> there's a lot of auto lot just standing there shooting mm -hmm. but actually it's not about the actual the gunplay and there's no you know sort of actual cover mechanic as such or anything but it is about the getting the, the sort of fine movement feels so good like it's it really does yeah. feel great i didn't do a ton in the cars but uh just the running and no. how, how you how it feels when you jump and it, all of that is is great and that's i i definitely think it was the journey in between these goals that i had that really kept me coming back more yeah. than necessarily the the fights themselves and also like the actual the sort of almost deus exy type of situation where like uh, an enemy mm. stronghold with a gang boss mm -hmm. in it would have multiple ways that you could approach it. So from the sea or through the main entrance or around the side. Um, and you could again, you could you could use your own strategies to you could just chuck a load of explosive devices sort of into yeah. where he is, for instance, and then 
kind of tried to detonate them all at once to get his energy well, bars. The, the, the general idea off. was, that, you know, the actual what they wanted you to do is basically take down the six generals that mm-hmm. surround him. So they're little areas you take him down. So when you yeah. actually attack the stronghold, there should be, in theory, less people to defend the kingpin himself. That's right. Um, and it weakens their forces as you go. Yeah. So each one uh, kind of reduces I, their I definitely remember a, a, as a game. Know, uh, at least one of the kingpins just going for the kingpin. Just like, well, I could do that, but I'm also just going to work my way up this stronghold. Um, yeah, I don't think the sort of difficulty curve was necessarily that even. <laughs> no. Um, because it, but it would depend. There was no way that they could really control that because they let you you know, kind of go off and do things in whichever order you like. Yeah, yeah I mean, for example, I, I can't remember one where I went through the route that they asked me to take. I would mm. literally just <laughs> head straight for the guy, straight oh, really? at the top, and then huh. absolutely pepper Take him down grenades. from the top, that's it. Yeah, done. I mean, it was, yeah. Uh, it, oh, it was really? just constantly, there was nothing more satisfying than just climbing the building rather than going up it internally, like inside, and just like peppering him with rockets. It was, hmm. yeah, that was cool. Yeah. I, I think I sort of sequentially uh, kind of took took out the, the the lieutenants first because that was it just yeah it just seemed more seemed more logical but there may have been a time where I sort of stumbled into a into a more senior boss and, and took them out first but yeah so it's three times for those who don't know it's three times seven basically there's three islands which obviously was a carryover from the GTA games um, but here you can kind of work your way through them via unlocking. Um, shortcuts as I mentioned before and yeah you can you can go for uh, basically as you get near interesting stuff it will give you some intel and um, and then really it's up to you whether you go for those as as and when or or come back later it is funny because they, they start you off in the game um, you know basically get into a, an agency car which you do and there's essentially three doors to the three different islands but if you go near the two doors that are the you know two harder so don't islands, go there. it's like yeah, yeah. you're probably not powered up enough there don't go there yet so it sends you down the one door that is the more yeah. kind of friendly island but then allows you to then drive over to the other two islands that's right and essentially yeah. do something that probably wasn't uh, advised in the first place so i don't know game design one thing i I, I did find quite annoying at the time and, and did again going back is the endlessly respawning lieutenants, enemies, uh, uh, you know, helpers kind of thing, which is... More orbs, sir. Yeah, true. true. <laughs> um, so I want to talk about the, the sort of visual side of the game, see if we can take ourselves back to those heady days of the mid-2000s when we were still getting used to HD graphics. And this is a game that runs in 720p, which is now we're into the 4K era, is quite low res. Um, and some people, including myself possibly, would have been initially playing it on standard def telly. Mm-hmm. Um, not everyone had upgraded to even a you know an HD ready set at this point. So I was probably playing this on a, on a CRT through a, Scart lead um, and I remember never thinking I, I thought you know stylistically at least it's distinctive it's got a slightly different look and colour palette to every other game that you know that is of this genre it didn't just look brown or it didn't just look grey it had some sort of interesting colour choices and it had that cell shaded comic book look but I never remember so I, I even at the time I was never blown away by by the game's looks even on a technical level like it was it was cool like you could see quite a long way but it wasn't like oh my god there was no sort of moment like in GTA 4 when you first took off in a helicopter and went geez I can see everything from here it was it was cool but it didn't you know it didn't sort of it wasn't like oh my god you have to see this kind of 
technical or, or beautiful. I, I mean, I appreciated the way it looked. I, I, you know, it's hard to say that it was a stunning game because, I mean, it wasn't like conventionally it wasn't. But I, mm. I really like the art style. I love yeah. that sort of shell, cell, half cell shaded look. Mm. Reminds me of Borderlands now. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, and I think it worked back then. Well, it, certainly for me anyway, I, I, I thought it was really nice to look at um, mm-hmm. without, but but sort of understanding that this wasn't a stunning looking game, essentially. It was just how the art came together. And I don't know, it just looked so unique. I think that's what I appreciate the most. Yeah, yeah. And I think it was impressive on a technical level in the sense that you could get loads and loads of explosive barrels in an area and loads of oh, cars gotcha. and loads, of, you know, like compared to the, the, as well. yeah. yeah, the previous gen stuff, um, you know, was, uh, I mean, the GTA games had come a certain way, but here you could get, you could basically make more things explode together without the game. I think it's 30 frames by default and I don't think it suffered from slowdown too much even when you blew up a lot of stuff. I don't recall kind of chuggy frame rate or anything. I think it was consistent but I've never no, done I, a I definitely test. challenged that frame rate at some Did point. Did you? Okay. Um, yeah. yeah, but no, it, 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 um, it was the amount of explosion barrels that you could pile together, the amount of bodies, the amount of cars that you could piece yeah. together. Eventually... Once you'd collected enough, uh, and this was more evidence once Keys to the City came out, um, there was a limit mm. to how much stuff you could put in one place. Yes. Uh, things would start disappearing, but it yeah. was it took <laughs> a long time to get there, and for a game back then, that's that's quite a big deal. Yeah, Leon, you mentioned um, you mentioned Borderlands, and I I think it's kind of funny mm. because Borderlands didn't come out for a couple of years after that, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah, yeah. But that's when right. it did, it was. Uh, it w- they the people a lot of people made a pretty big deal out of the art style in Borderlands, which yeah. is kind of funny just because it it really is very similar to the Crackdown art mm. style, and um, it, it I just I I don't remember Crackdown having as much kind of buzz around that specifically mm. as as Borderlands did later on. I guess it was less character driven. Mm. Um, I suppose maybe that helps. Borderlands had sort of more obvious humor maybe, maybe which may may people connected with yeah. it i'm not sure tony do you remember being impressed or or uh, um, was it you know you I, I know you'd have been on a on an hd telly and and stuff so was this a a sort of technical tour de force for you no i, I don't think it ever ever you know came across as oh wow this is really pushing the hardware but i think mm. you know from a from a point of view of the game being kind of like a big playground i think it it's the right art style for it. If I trying to think of something like, I don't know, True Crime, Streets of LA or something like that, you know, just where it's, you know, oh, look, doesn't this look so cutting edge for the time? And actually, you know, it's, it, I think if it had that art style, I don't think it would have been as fun maybe to to, to kill as many people or to blow yeah, as many Yeah, you're absolutely up. right. What, what, what it was designed for you to do, it couldn't have been a mm. realistic looking game. It just couldn't. Well, look I, mean, at, I mean, look at Borderlands for that instance. You know, they, they had that humour kind of element by the sounds of it, but the, the, you know, the realistic art style that they originally went with just wasn't mm. working with what they were fundamentally yeah. trying to mess around that game. They changed the art style. And yeah, as we know, it's suited that game and has gone on to, to, to really benefit it. And I think, you know, Crackdown was the right decision to do that. Um, not that they ever set out to do this, but actually 11 years down the line, it's still a game that, that holds up reasonably well. Um, sure, it's not got the highest um, res, you know, elements, scenery, you know, for sure. But it, it it's still a good fun. Yeah, I, I, you know, the, I probably played that three hours. 
And um, you know, they were the art style wasn't one of the things that was getting me in the way of enjoying the game again. It was like, wow, this is mm. yeah, this still looks reasonably good for an eleven year old game. Yeah, no. yeah. I mean, look at San Andreas compared to this, yeah. and I think yeah. mm. you know, that's not what they're they're set they're stalled out to to do for sure. But yeah, it as we've talked many times about games with that kind of just slightly you know more fun art style, it, it gets away with it. Yeah, going back to it, I thought it was yeah functional. It's missing a lot of the effects that you would expect from a more contemporary game. Um, a lot of there's you know there's a there's a lack of sort of particles and lighting and all the you know the the kind of subtle improvements that that we've had over the last decade. Um, and it yeah it looks a bit fuzzy around the edges, but after it's yeah it's quite easy to reacclimatize to it um and again it you know it's it's rare that you'd think oh this 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 looks gorgeous but it's completely functional there's no there's no element of like i can't see what's going on here it's such a mess you know it it it, it works absolutely fine everything's clear the hud's pretty clear still it looks you know yeah things look a little blocky a little pixely in places uh, and a little fuzzy but I, i'm sure fine. we've all been here where we've played a gta game and we're mowing people down and there's that little part of you in the back of your head going Hmm. <laughs> like, am I that guy? Hmm. Where yeah. this, yeah, it gets away. But the art style ch- completely changes that feeling of being, you know, any kind of mass murder. It's just like, oh yeah, I'm messing around with this cartoony <laughs> world. It's okay. They're just cartoons. Look. <laughs> yeah, true. It does have an effect. Uh, anyone else been back and have an impression of how this has aged at this point? We're, we're recording for listeners in the future. It's 2018. <laughs> yeah. No, I've uh, I've been back a little bit, and uh, I think that it holds up pretty well as well. And, and I I'm mostly echoing what was said uh, before, but if if it had tried to go on a more t- I, this is this is just a common theme for a lot of games uh, that I go back to after a, a, a fair amount of time has passed. But if it if it goes for a more realistic look, that's when it runs the most risk. I think of looking dated or looking. Um, not not aged well and in this case since it does have kind of a more stylized look to it it uh it didn't age as poorly as it might have otherwise i think it's got a good color palette though it's mm. you know there there's a night and day cycle and at night mm. it def- the, the game definitely shines more you know there's a lot of lights going on in the background there's a, you know, yeah. a little bit more kind of um energy to the city than maybe there is in the mm. daytime but you know I, yeah. it's got that kind of purpley blue tone to it even you know mm. a lot of the box art it's very blue you know, it's, it's got um oh actually like silvery gray blue if that makes sense um so yeah i, I think yeah it looks fine but it's one of those ones where now if you look at um, say some of the pedestrians walking down the street you're, you're trying to pick out any kind of details from the top that the facial oh, yeah. like, there's nothing really there it's cool no no uh, it'd be interesting to see if because uh, the I mean it's as we were saying it's not backwards compatible yet but we do know that even on the the standard uh, Xbox One uh, some games get a little performance boost hey, maybe when they're, they're actually doing emulated. that it's one of those ones that they're yeah. actually uh, tinkering with to actually run better and smoother and higher res you never know so it could be properly it could be mm. upscaled up resed in Possibly. on Xbox One X and 60 frames and all that uh, you know might make it look might give it a little new little lease of life David do you, can you remember the last time you booted it up and how, how you felt like it looked yeah uh, the, well it would have been probably about three months into last year because um, mm. as I say regularly I boot it up just to have a little jump about I don't know yeah. why really it was just <laughs> I remember it's there and the disc is out and in my I think I remember you saying tent. on your show you were looking for the orb 
the mysterious orb. Yeah, yeah, that was that, that's always been on the back of my mind. I, I don't <laughs> usually play it for long; it's just like twenty minutes, half an hour, or whatever. Um, but I've never looked at it and thought this looks horrific. Mm. Whereas um, I uh, watched footage of Split Second because that's ah. a backwards compatible game. It's just come out on just Games out with Gold. On, yeah, mm. Games with Gold. I looked at footage of that and I thought, wow, that looks poor. Oh, no. um, and the first time I booted up um, uh, even Burnout Paradise, I thought, oh, yeah, this is aged. Hmm. But I, I never had that feeling when I when I booted up Crackdown. Not once. Art style thought. again, I guess. Yeah. It is, yeah. I mean, it's style over, um, you know, mm. trying to realism. mimic realism. Yeah. yeah, good call. We must talk sound design because I think, uh, actually, if anything, the sound has become more iconic than the look of this game to the point that when they first announced Crackdown 3, they used perhaps the iconic sound from the game, which is the the, the growing sound oh, of the agility orb. And yeah, I really... I've. I think the overall sound aesthetic of this game is still really strong, memorable, and atmospheric. Yeah, god, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's hard to really get a grasp on when you first start that game because everywhere you go is littered with guns. Gunfire. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the gunfire just goes on forever in this game. It's non-stop. It's relentless. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh. And the further you get into the game, the quieter that gets. There was moments of the music that was impressive, but it wasn't overbearing. But yeah, I mean the the. The main sound effect that that is linked with the game is the orb, uh, and of course the voice acting of the narrator throughout the yes. game, or or the uh, agent, the, the agent, the big boss man. Yes, uh, the agency he, voice. Yeah, who is uh, name of? Got it here, Michael M- McConaughey. And as I say, he's been a he's a, a he's got. 350-odd IMDb credits as a voice actor, going all the way back to the 1970s. Uh, he's done dozens and dozens of animes, many of which I've never heard of, many of which I have, but I've never seen, but also dozens and dozens of video games going all the way back. And um, while the voiceover is cheesy, I think it's entirely fitting and and very memorable. Iconic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do not understand how I didn't get annoyed by the, the guy. I mean, he spoke way too often <laughs> he said the same things over and over again the guy had so many houses around that city no matter where you stood he could see his house from there like <laughs> it was it was just constant relentless the same lines repeated over and over again didn't get bored of or, or angry mm. with him once uh, i don't i don't know how he managed to achieve that but it it, it worked so uh I, yeah i never got frustrated with it which is weird yeah, great voice. And uh, yeah, and we must mention the soundtrack because there is an extensive licensed soundtrack, but I don't think I ever heard much of it because you have, you could only hear it in the cars and who drove anywhere. So they've got <laughs> they've got all these, they've got Eamon Tobin, they've got lots of cool artists, underground artists that I've never heard of. Um, but there's also um, people like Bob Dylan on there and Klaus Schultz and R.E.M. and Blue Oyster Cult. Music for cheap, apparently. <laughs> R.E.M. was on there. Yeah. Or maybe... uh, Sorry, that's the sequel, actually. My mistake. Uh, So the first game is more underground stuff. DJ Crush. But Robert Miles, you know, people... people, The late Robert Miles, I should say. Um, Molotov, Kinky, Control Machete. So... Yeah, some slightly more niche stuff, I guess. But um, but there's like, I don't know, 50, 60, 70 tracks or something. But yeah, I reckon I heard 
like maybe a handful of them. The music I associate is the one that plays in the menu. And I can't, I don't know which track that is. Hopefully we'll work it out and play it at the start of this show. But I, I think that's really moody and I really like it. Yeah, it's funny you say that as well, because the, the ambient music in the game, just playing through the game normally, it's like this electro kind of jazz almost music that plays around the background. And, and it's quite mm. odd when um, I was playing it today, I was, I was like, doesn't doesn't really work with me blowing up stuff or left right and shooting people. It's kind of like this techno music soundtrack playing in the background. It's like, okay, sounds a little um a, a bit hazy and a bit trippy, almost sort of Hotline Miami esque, like uh, a little bit blazed, you know. Mm. But yeah, it worked for me. And as I say, I really associate it with playing this in a hot summer in yeah, like August two thousand and eight or whenever it was, and and it still sort of gives me that that vibe it yeah it does retain a, 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 a sort of atmosphere that's nostalgic it, for me it is funny you mentioned the not hearing the music because of the cars the cars mm. are such a weird one as we mentioned before it's <laughs> yeah. the whole idea of you playing in this world outside of just having fun is your actions create you know experience points for whatever you do so if you use your guns more your guns become more powerful and easier to kill people etc equally as yeah. you pick up things um you get um, points towards picking up things so there's a, a great I remember picking up a massive container and throwing it at people which you couldn't even attempt to do at the start of the game but equally picking up a single person and throwing it yeah. at a dozen people and killing them in one shot and then being like a pinball like yes um, calling, yeah. but uh, the cars themselves if you level that all the way to the very top it's actually yes. fun to drive around the city. And then one of the greatest uh, moments in, in that game is when you get into an agency car and it goes from stage one or I think up to stage five, isn't it? So it, it like men in black style. It, essentially yeah. what is a speed, you know, like a, I don't know, meant to look like probably a Lambo at the start, turns into basically the Batmobile. It's it's <laughs> kind of cool. And you see and that there kind are of, loads and loads yeah. of drivable cars in yeah, this game. Yeah, there is. Um, and I, I reckon I got in like four of them but unless you level you level that skill up that they're awful they they drift they, they yeah. just drift and they float and they bounce at no point getting into the car is the same as i'm gonna jump across this city like that that is rewarding <laughs> yeah. right there getting in the car was always like yeah i suppose i could get in the car and drive unless yeah. it was an agency car um in which you could you know get from the start i think or even certain places around the city you could actually get them mm. back again but um yeah much more fun just to, to use your legs and jump it was everyone's last ability to get to five stars wasn't it mm -hmm. oh yeah. yeah um i don't but, think i ever still, did even I, oh i did i i had so much fun getting it up because the the main thing you had to do to get your uh power level up in driving was run people over in the car <laughs> oh, so yeah. i would i would uh, not not civilians like enemies so i would go to a packed out area and just would drive a car and just run them over constantly it felt fantastic mm. and that added another hour or two to my fun of that game mm. so yeah, I, can't, yeah. I can't complain no, good call. Yeah, we should mention there are also lots of sort of events around yeah, the races. city in the in the sort of mod. You know, I mean, a lot of this stuff has probably been quite influential. I, I don't remember games before this necessarily, but certainly a lot after it, having this sort of system of going to a place and you start a foot race or you start a car race. And um, I mean, I guess GTA had kind of got there first, but this had a lot of the stuff that we've seen in the more shenanigans-y uh, superhero type games since, like like the infamous games and uh, and Just Cause and stuff like that. Um, and they also introduced some things like the, uh, the you know, grappling hook gun, which obviously became a big hit in, in the Just Cause sequels and... Uh, 
uh, possibly even the first Just, Just Cause, but I, I didn't play that one. Yeah, and gave you, yeah, the tools to play with. I mean, again, with, with the weapons, you, you had the option of uh, any supply point choosing two, a loadout of two weapons from a, a fairly decent selection. I think some of them were added via the free-for-all pack, the DLC, but you had proximity grenades or triggered grenades or regular grenades or a cloaking device stuff like that so there were it gave you some tools not to necessarily just always go in with rocket launchers or guns blazing um you could actually tackle things a slightly different way and david we already sort of uh, alluded to it but uh, one of the things that uh, i remember you i still remember to this day 10 years on whatever 11 years on you were uh, talking excitedly about this game you'd created with your online friend was was that matt or was it somebody else i can't remember it was james farley oh it was farley oh okay i uh, i mean uh, now it makes horrific. more sense yeah yeah, yeah. It makes me hate myself but there you go it was, it was true so i can't hide that well go for it can <laughs> can't you hide that now. T- tell us all about the mode because not everyone will have heard it although I-, I should say in your in your in your computer game show discord somebody still remembered this <laughs> yeah uh it was called corpse football um what you had to do was get to it it, it was quite hard to set up yes there was yeah. one road in the first area that was quite wide um and you had to get four burnt-out cars, and they had to be burnt-out cars, otherwise they would uh, disappear. Ah. And you had to... There was a certain um, length that you could keep them... Uh, like, you could put them down on the floor to set up as goalposts. Um, so imagine a football pitch. Set them up as goalposts, but if you went just over This is soccer for that, our American listeners. Yeah. If you went just over that, they would disappear, right? So you had to be careful with that. Then you killed someone and used their body as the football. And uh, it's because you could kick in that game. And once you'd powered up, you could really kick a corpse like quite far. Yeah. Um, and you could save, you could get in the way like the physics works, where if the body hit you, it would just stop dead and you could kick it back and stuff like that. And James and I essentially spent hours on the streets of Crackdown mm. booting a dead body <laughs> in the name of sport. You invented um, Rocket League or supersonic acrobatic rocket power battle cars before they exactly did, before it, it was did. exactly the same thing where's yeah. my money um, <laughs> <laughs> it was uh yeah but there was loads like that there was one where there was another one where we tried to get a dead body to the top of the tower i don't think we ever achieved that <laughs> but we were literally like chucking it we were working out how if one of us went up there could you chuck it up and catch it midair and stuff like that kind of like the um, gnome in uh, in the old half-life uh, episode yeah totally you. and um we would yeah we so the corpse football thing that lasted longer than most of these ideas, but it was mm. just one example of mm. all these different types of games that we would play. Um, and yeah, they'd last about a week or two and then we'd move on and try and find something else to do. Um, but yeah, that was one that I look back on with and think, Ooh, I don't know if I could do that. <laughs> I mean, I probably could do it now. I just wouldn't be so open about it. I think that's the thing. It shows how dark I am. I mean, yeah, it's testament to the the sort of the, the the stuff that the game allowed you to come up with, and also, yeah, your 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 twisted imaginations. Probably let's blame James as well because he's not here to defend himself. But it was uh, Crackdown was I think it was only two player, wasn't it? Because uh, I think the sequel was brought in four players, but I'm pretty sure Crackdown one was two player co op only. Um, but you could play pretty much. You could play the game sort of drop in, drop out almost in somebody else's game, which was again yeah. um, sort of new, exciting times for. I'm not saying it was the first game to allow that, but it was one of the first games of its type to make it easy 
for people to team up and play this, you know, this fun sandbox together. Yeah, because it didn't really care about its difficulty of the main game. No, right. It, it, it wasn't, there weren't all these weird rules in place to make sure that people didn't cheat their way to the end of the game yes. or anything. It was yeah. just like, hey, play the game and if your mate wants to pop on, he can just join and there you go. You're away. You yeah. know what I mean? Just just play together. It's fun. Yeah, and you can be on the um, completely different ends of the city as well. So it wasn't restrictive like you have to be in the same no, right. area. It was yeah, pretty yeah. open. You just go wherever you wanted. That And again, all the other rules applied. So it was like, hey, if you want to go and do the missions together, there you go. Go and do them. We're not going to stop you from doing that. And mm. if you want to um, just faff around in the in the game space then that's there too it's great um the most interesting thing that it did was that uh, obviously there was um dlc for this game yeah uh, and it was paid dlc but it would Apart say from the free one but yeah yeah there was there was free but there was yeah. a lot of uh, uh paid stuff as well yes and it was uh like most notably the the keys to the city which was a a sort of uh I don't know, you just spawned whatever you want. Unlimited you, cheats, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was cheat. It was cheat mode. Um, but the idea was that if your mate bought it and you were playing co-op with them in their game, then you had access to all that as well. Um, and it was quite cheap, so it wasn't like um, you would get, oh, hopefully they'll buy it after this. And I'm that sure was, there was... It was free. That, that, that was part of the free-for-all pack, the keys to the city, as was so the... What? Yeah. The the only um, paid for was, was a 400... Microsoft Point getting busy bonus pack and that added the lobber, the harpoon, the minigun, the proximity charge and the cloaking oh, device. God, how could I forget the the harpoon? Yeah. The harpoon was amazing. <laughs> it added so yeah. much to it. You mm. could fire it at people and stick them to cars and watch them and then you yeah. could just drive the car mm-hmm. off a cliff And there were achievements for that. Yeah. Oh god, it was so good. I mean, two free DLCs was unusual at the time because obviously, you know, the industry was finding its way with that stuff. Um, and I think, you know, the one they did charge for was three quid or five dollars. And you got loads of cars and loads of new weapons that added a lot of fun. So fair enough. The first one added four agent skins. Meh, whatever. Um, I mean, you already had like eight to start off with or something. And you never really I didn't really care what my agent looked like because you only ever saw the back of the red anyway. And a 100 percent game completion save. So you could basically have a free to download uh, game where you'd done everything. <laughs> so you could just muck around in that world as well, I guess, just because why not? It was like the whole thing was geared towards letting people fun. just oh my God. having fun. I know, <laughs> mental, right? The only thing that I will say about, um, you were talking about the, the avatars and everything, um, no female agents. So 2007. No, I don't believe two I'd, had them either, did hmm, it? Can't remember. Honestly, can't remember. I, I, I'm not 100 percent sure about that, but uh, yeah, it's I, it's it's just a little thing. I didn't I I didn't have that much of a problem with it, but it is it it is kind yeah. of a uh, mm. um just a li- just a little touch, you know. Absolutely, a lot of the games and scenarios and fantasies and other fictions that it was based on had tough female mm. characters in. So that, that a lot, is a there's real, female that bosses, is a... but no, no female, yeah. uh, no female agents. No, bit of an oversight. I also failed to see that as an oversight. <laughs> that was probably definitely a decision that was made at well, some point. Well, you see, we would have to <laughs> animate boobs and. Uh... Oh yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they, they they walk different. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, Baker's 12 from the forum says, I played the demo when it first came out and loved it. It was a perfect showcase for the game. But for some reason, I never picked it up. I finally got it when it popped up free on Games with Gold. The game still looks good, helped by the stylized looks, but it's the gameplay that really stands out. It just lets you go out there and do what you want. Sure, you could go out and take down the bosses, but you could cause any amount of chaos for the hell of it. And it felt like that's what the developers wanted, even more so than GTA. Yeah, so I really wanted to talk achievements because not only do we have a, uh, a renowned achievement hunter among us, um, but it, this game's actually kind of got its hooks in the, the very sort of MO of achievements. Real Time Worlds had initially planned to have 200 Xbox Live achievements for the game, exceeding the then current cap of 50 set by Microsoft and pressured Microsoft to lift the cap. They subsequently did so, increasing the maximum number of achievements in a game, any game, up to 80. Uh, So through playtesting, the game noticed that many players performed certain out-of-the-way actions, such as climbing to the top of the agency tower. They created in-game content to reward the player for, for performing these actions. For example, they created created a special rendering procedure for the clouds during the in-game day-night cycle. The renderer would behave differently each day and could only be viewed from atop the agency tower. So, Tony, was this one of the games that actually sort of started you on the road to achievement slavery? Yes, and I've got a weird history with this game, actually. Uh, bizarrely, actually, this game, although they would want more achievements set in it, it actually launched with only 900 points. It was one of the few that actually oh. wasn't a 1,000 points to start off with. Huh, weird. Which they then fixed with DLC thereafter. To, to the free DLC yeah. added some more achievements, uh, right? Added, yeah. yeah, the extra achievements to, to make that up. So, I don't know, weird story. Including harpooning things onto a car. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> this is a game I've never actually completed all the achievements in bizarre that, well that's got to mean that some of them are really hard no, or mental well, there, or broken there's some really awful ones which is collect every single car in the city and then take it back to the uh, the agency tower and store them and yada yada i mean that's literally just you crying. haven't done that no so i had a weird Lazy. issue with this 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 game um and it's it's <laughs> due to my love of this game back in in the day that actually ruined it for me um it's because because i was you know Look at my achievements now. I was like eighty-five percent of there. So the ones I'm missing are the ones like doing all the cars and collecting all three hundred hidden orbs. So I got the five hundred orbs, but I didn't get the three hundred hidden orbs. I was very close to being there, but they upon releasing the DLC, uh, I was there like a good boy, getting it day. You know, one of literally staying up until they released it. They released it. It hit the network. I downloaded it. I played it in co-op. I had a marvelous time with the extra new DLC. Uh, quit for the evening and went back to my game and my game save was broke. Um, They managed to release the DLC with uh, a game ending bug, i.e. everything's done in my world that is still there, but um, it completely reset my agents. My agent is back to zero. Uh, All the agility orbs are back there. All the hidden orbs are back in the environment. Brilliant. Start again. Uh, And it's literally, yeah, all the... All the bosses are dead, but I would I need to now go back around the environment and collect all the orbs and do basically do all that work again. And so an underpound agent. Mm. Um, they pulled that that um, DLC twelve hours later. <laughs> um, too and, quick off the mark. Yeah, I was just too yeah. quick on the blocks. They pulled it and then released it uh, with a quick fix, but there was no way I get my safe back. So yeah, never quite finished that that thing. And yeah, mm. one of my lasting memories of this is of the game breaking for me. But hey. Yeah, that was the, the, my my enjoyment of the game that led me down there. But yeah, yeah, it's got the usual set of achievements. Yeah, just you know, climb the tower being one of them. That's you know, I you know, listening um, 
about you know how we kind of need those little goals today to kind of perform things in these open worlds be, be it you know just a tick box list structure in the game menu or for me you mm. know trying to hunt down achievements which add that kind of well have you ever thought about climbing that tower you should try that um and this was well, one this, of the first the, ones you that, say the usual the usual set of achievements but it wasn't at the time was it and it was praised i remember it being praised for being so inventive with its mm, achievements yeah i think you're right david there was um, more it, there, complete level one click you know stuff wasn't Absolutely. there before well yeah. there's stuff like um yeah. use explosive to keep a body up in the air for 10 seconds i mean i suppose yeah, yeah, God, that app, so yeah it's called the bodily juggler you know that's that's a fun out of the way thing you wouldn't normally i, I guess set out a six do. second jump mm-hmm. the height of 115 feet two forward flips in a single jump all this stuff yeah lots of lots of tricks as well as the collect ups and collectathons and whatever yeah um so uh, i sort of mentioned it already and we've yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's okay, but I'm going to issue another spoiler warning just in case. Uh, but this is from a new poster to the forum. The calm and relaxed sounding psycho hype. I think the biggest lesson of Crackdown was that it got away just fine with being a fun, zany sandbox game. One with minimal story or narrative motivation. It was also, funnily enough, among those early open world crime games where the rival gangs were basically ethnic stereotypes. Shigen's enigmatic wang, anyone? Anyway, the point, I think, with Crackdown was that they stripped out all the crap that made open world games slow and tedious. Who actually wants to spend half the time actually driving around confined mostly to some streets and alleys? Why not give yourself some superpowers that make it so you can leap and bound your way through the world, take the combat up to the rooftops? Jump right into the thick of the action wherever you go. Yes, you did have to work a little bit to make those leaps and bounds more powerful, and yet they managed to make the 3D platforming and collecting, hello orbs, more enticing and enjoyable than any game since Super Mario 64. At the end of the day, I think the lack of strong narrative probably does limit its overall legacy. We'll see what happens with Crackdown 3. And as a side note, I totally echo the other person in the forum who said the game needs to copy the Nemesis system from Middle-earth Shadow of Mordor. But you can't deny the subtle influence Crackdown has had on open world games. Just look at Saints Row 4. It took Volition that many entries to evolve into its own pure mode of play that was essentially Crackdown with a funnier story and an actual cast of characters. Oh yeah... I did also appreciate the gotcha ending. We totally had it coming. So, yeah, the gotcha ending. Uh, David was deeply moved by this. <laughs> I cried. It turns out the agency are actually the bad guys. <gasps> I love how there was that no <laughs> foreshadowing, no hint at anything. Yeah, it, really didn't. it was, <laughs> I, just kind of I remember, like, yeah, even back then, just like laughing at it, but not not in anger. Like I just thought it was like it was <laughs> so stupid, and the fact that you continue to play after doing this, yeah, and the age it just goes back to saying the normal stuff again. And yeah, all like, oh, oh, right, I'll be forgetting all that then, are we? Um, yeah, it was. It's hilariously bad. Um, I don't know if it was intentionally so, like probably not. But but it was. I mean, it just seemed so stupid that uh, I laughed and thought it was great. Who do you think funded the gangs to take over the street? Yeah, all that stuff. <laughs> that yeah. is a pretty good impression. Wasn't that? <laughs> that was Wasn't pretty bang on. I just heard it. I just heard it the other day. Um, yeah, it's it's daft. Um, but yes, it's kind of even though it was not sort of hinted at, it was also kind of because it's it's such a because the plot leans on you know uh, all these other things it it kind of yeah it was sort of predictable as well it made made kind of total you sense reckon we'd but then... be as easy on it as in today's environment as as we are being now no <laughs> just, uh, if that makes sense i mean 
No, I don't think so. Um, and actually, um, yeah, I, I want to talk a little bit about, even though we don't sort of normally do this, I'm sort of interested in legacy and, and sequels in, in, in terms of sort of how we would think about not just that element of this game now, but also the, the game itself. Um, before we do that, We'll hear from, uh, welcome back, Derek Ritchie, Delby2K, vintage contributor from the forum, who came back to say Crackdown's currency was fun, a title that realised the best thing to do in an open world is to both tempt and tease while making sure that a smile is permanently fixed on your face. Everything is designed to provide a sense of empowerment and exploration. The orbs that provide the power-ups are dished around the world to tease you into exploring while also teaching you about how to use verticality and the importance of creating new angles in combat encounters. The way your body changes feeds that sense of strength, and the bigger the explosions, yet the more chaos you feel capable of causing. The game worked in part because it fulfilled a power fantasy, it scratched an OCD itch within most of us, and it stuck to a simple set of ideas and executed them with an even simpler rule set. But the bombast that created was all the game ever needed. Each explosion and surprisingly well-placed exploding barrel gives a basic but always satisfying endorphin rush. In a time where open world games are getting ever more complicated, with more to do and secrets to find, the basic joy of Crackdown cannot be underestimated. All it wanted you to do was feel like the good Robocop, just with bigger rockets. Thanks, Derek. Yeah, I did want to actually come back to the, the secret orbs, because everyone... Yeah, remembers the 500 agility orbs and the fact that a lot of people I think I got 496 David got 499 Tony did is that one of the achievements yeah, you did or didn't yeah. get you got 500 Leah can you remember I, it was not that many I I, I got no. more than I, I mean I went looking for Enough. some of them but yeah it yeah. wasn't it wasn't up in in the uh um, but yeah, there's also as well as the the agility orbs, which I think people remember the most fondly. There's also the yeah, the like the secret squirreled away orbs, which was a whole other kind of sub quest side quest. Um, and they actually give you something towards all of your skills, mm -hmm. if I recall yeah. correctly. They give you multicolored um, mini orbs which come towards you. But that was actually a, a cool way of getting you to. I mean, I suppose we'd say by modern standards, the environment is not very sophisticated or intricate. In that, like, if you go round the back of a building, there might be an indented cube, you know, like where there's some bins <laughs> or something. There won't be any, you know, uh, sort of realistic, um, you know, uh, back gardens and no, yeah, yeah. alleyways GTA and fire escapes. Five, and yeah, the ridiculous you yeah. Know, nature of, you know incredibly um put together environments that one yeah. person might see it so, yeah. but you might wander down a flight of stairs and mm -hmm. there's nothing else there but there's a glowy orb and you might hear it and and yeah it, so... in defense of the environment though and um, yeah. just to counter that point mm. the it was the architecture that made that game like mm. it, it was so varied the, the building it wasn't copied and pasted buildings like it was everything felt distinctive and each is area had sort of a theme there was the industrial area and the yeah. city area and the sort of slums and that um i still remember large parts of that game um and it, uh, as sort of rudimentary and as 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 much as it lacked in detail mm. it made up for in variety and um and keeping within the th themes of the area right uh, that it was set in and so for me I always knew where I was. Mm. You know what I mean, and uh, that really helped. The variety of different buildings and and uh, landmarks. I always knew where I was without having to bring up the map all the time. Mm. 
uh, and that's where it works. So that was the good side of that. Uh, and I think, yeah, all right, it l lacked the detail that GTA and uh, other games had, but uh, it made up for it in, in different ways. And also, also uh, it sells a hell of a lot on verticality. But f fair enough, the, mm. yeah, of course, the back yeah. streets aren't anything of any particular note, but the fact that you can actually ascend buildings with two or three great big you know, jumps was always, I think it's kind of more of an interesting selling point. Like That, that was fun to do. Mm. So yeah, I really want to talk about a bit more widely about the genre as a whole and as such, like why Crackdown 2 was met with such a kind of tepid response, even though it was essentially more of the same with twice the amount of players. Was it because the genre had moved on? Was it because the players had moved on? A bit of both. Also want to think about which other games in this kind of subgenre of open world, the kind of shenanigans came for want of a better word, or the one with physics and emergent gameplay or superpowers. I'm not I'm not sure. There was Hulk Ultimate Destruction and Prototype and the infamous games that I've mentioned, Just Cause. I guess what I'm coming to is when Crackdown 3 comes out later this year, obviously Microsoft have announced recently at the time of recording that they're going to be releasing all their new first party stuff as part of their sort of Netflix style, you know, streaming service style game pass. So this is quite a big change. So I guess this means that more people will probably get their hands on it than would have done at 50 quid. Um, but I still wonder how much a game like this now has to do to have the impact, because I think as much as we've talked fondly about Crackdown today, I think if this exact game came out now, it would not go down very well. Fair? Yeah, I think that's fair. I think in order for Crackdown 3 to really do what Crackdown 1 did, it needs to go in a completely different direction to what Crackdown 1 did. The problem with Crackdown 2 uh, is twofold. It essentially did the same thing, so it lost its impact of what that first game did. Mm -hmm. um, and it also tried to add too much story uh, and within that story the enemies that you were fighting were just annoying you know you'd go down to street level and then just get mobbed by things running at you um that never happened in crackdown you could completely move away uh from the people shooting at you in that game and all right it got a little bit annoying towards the end when those snipers started coming out but they were easily dealt with um crackdown 2 it didn't do anything new and it added things that I, like you either didn't care about or made the game a little bit more frustrating to play. Crackdown 3, if it wants to succeed, it should... You know, everyone says go back to its roots, do what mm. the first game did. Mm. It shouldn't do that. Mm. It needs a completely new idea. And with this whole destruction yeah. uh, that, that, sort of, that sort of cropped up in the 360 area through Red Faction. Yes, but Red that, Faction Guerrilla. That's, yeah. yeah, that's the route they're going through. Mm. Um, um, and I think that's right. I think it's good that they're not trying to mimic uh, what Crackdown 1 did. And I'm saying that because the main reason why Crackdown 1 was so great and why we we keep it dear in our hearts, other than like forgetting how well it plays and the city and you know the orbs and stuff like that, it was mainly because it was doing so much uh, that the games around it weren't doing at the time. It was, mm -hmm. it was, you know, Keys to the City is a per perfect example of that, of them actually handing over to the player. This is this thing we've made. Go and have fun with it. Um, and there weren't many games out like that at the time, and this one nailed that. There's so many of those Star Wars games out now that it's 
to do another game like that is not going to work. So it needs to come up with a new angle and it needs to needs to surprise you in new ways. Uh, mm. And that that was what Crackdown did, uh, and that's what Crackdown Two didn't do. It, it, it was completely lacking in surprise. Mm. So I I agree with that to a point. Um, I did not play Crackdown Two. I will say that because I heard it was bad, so I uh, I did not uh, I did not go in that direction. But uh, as as far as going in a new direction, uh, I I agree that if it tries to do the exact same thing, that that's not going to work out. But I also think that it needs to stay away from adhering too much to maybe what people are even if they don't expect what they've seen a lot of, and I, I'm thinking specifically here of, like, Ubisoft games, um, you know, Assassin's mm. Creed and and the um, the Far Cry games and th- that sort of thing, where essentially you're unlocking a bit of the map and then here are all the icons, go do that. Uh, now, as much as I tend to sometimes get lost in those kinds of games, I don't think that that's yeah. necessarily what this is about. Uh, I, I think that if it sticks to rewarding you as consistently and as well as effectively as it does in this first game then the the trappings around that can can change and probably should change but if it just becomes another one of those games and i'm using very large air quotes Mm. for those Mm. uh Mm -hmm. then i think it's just going to get lost in the shuffle Mm. Yeah, I could not agree with you more. I know, I'm, 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 I'm not saying that it needs to bring itself in line with games around it sure, today. Sure. What I'm saying is that it needs it needs to capture that essence of surprise mm. that the first yeah. game did. And by 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 you know it, it, they're not going to get that by trying to mimic games of t- right. 2018, 2017. They're not going to get that by mimicking games of uh, you know like Crackdown One. Yeah. Um, and that's what Crackdown 2 did. And I think that was a big part of what made it um, not as loved as uh, Crackdown 1. Because the interesting thing is, is that um, a guy on our show, Matt, he's played Crackdown 2 and he hasn't played Crackdown 1. And mm. he loves it. Um, like he says, I don't understand why people put it down. I, I absolutely adore that game. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, I, I always say, well, it's because you, you didn't play Crackdown 1. Like you had that feeling of playing Crackdown 1, but in Crackdown 2 mm. uh, whereas we'd already had that feeling so yeah uh, it, the, the, the impact was far less in that one yeah. for us mm. yeah my concern is that a lot of the stuff that kind of amazed us and and you know gave us endorphin rushes and stuff back in 2007 simply because we hadn't experienced them as much things like the spectacular explosions that you could rig up and the emergent moments and the physics and the you know the ability to jump around like a lunatic. So Leon, all and I want even... is for everything to explode into orbs. This is not hard. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that? Yeah, but I mean, would that be enough? And like we've seen, like they they they've they obviously they've they've gone down the route of of the talking about the environmental destruction being a big aspect but again like I, I i do like games with that in don't get me wrong it can and it can be brilliant but we've again we've like in battlefield 4 we saw some stunning environmental destruction albeit some of it canned some of it less so is there going to be enough to you know yeah just this grab people's attention um i think we know more about the multiplayer of crackdown 3 than we do actually of crackdown 3 the single player the multiplayer being right the destruction element so I believe the distraction element is partly in place in the main game, but doesn't stick around. So, so their fear, I think they, they yeah. messed around with it, which is, you know, 
if you can destroy anything in the city and it's in your single player game, if you just level the city, then what is there left in that single player game to do? Um, mm. So they, they moved course. away from that. So it, that is yeah. entirely in the multiplayer stuff where you can, as you know, a group of crackdown agents go around the city and basically bring big buildings and leveling down to the ground. And to me, that sounds good fun. Yeah, it sounds, sounds like a laugh with, with your mates. For a while, at least. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know what the hook needs to be for the single player because the story wasn't of any real note in in apart from that ending um of crackdown <laughs> um and two they went down that kind of more heavier story route but was less interested in and you know was it zombies what they called them they weren't zombies they were just, yeah, yeah. Uh, they were basically it was basically yeah they, they were caught they caught got caught up in the zombie rush you know if i'm thinking anything of anything like sunset overdrive has did a fantastic job of, of messing around with that that kind of like swarm mentality of uh, and just jumping around the environment and blowing things up with ever increasing mm. um, arsenal of guns and and that's not unique to Sunset Overdrive for sure, but you know that's it's kind of been done. So I don't know where where it was sitting yeah. other than you know coming back to Crackdown now. I I had honestly forgot how fun it was just to mess around and have very little prevent me from just in you know setting that goal out you know just jumping around the environment killing things um you know and and none of those elements could particularly just stopping me it was just about having fun in a sandbox world yet i don't know if you just deliver that whether that's something that we particularly need right here right now maybe if it's just bigger better explosions if you can put I don't know, 200 canisters on a on a bridge and watch the cars pile into it and then set it out and it doesn't come to a, you know, a grinding yeah. halt, then actually yeah. that that may be enough. Like that, That's another level up, isn't it? Yeah, that it? may... Yeah. I can't yeah. think of too many games that have just perfected that. Um, and, and GTA V's kind of got quite a bit of that stuff and Just Cause 3, you know, so this is my concern that it's, you know, what, what can they bring to it that mm. is different, that, that, that is going to Well, I mean, the, get the game's going. been delayed the best part of a year and a half now so mm. like, like clearly yeah. i think they even they are struggling with that i think the crackdown name has has a kudos behind it or at least for microsoft it there's enough kudos behind to to put the millions into it somewhat not enough to lift yeah, the but, sequel yeah really. whether, whether it can ever be you know mm. a multi-million seller i'm not too sure and I, and I don't think it's of any coincidence that you know sea of thieves you know for the game pass and you know, sea of thieves mm. is a, a quite an experimental title for them that you know kind of replay uh, relies on a lot of people playing it together and i think that that works perfectly for their kind of like yeah everyone just jump in this is fun and i think crackdown is a bit like the uh, the halo 3 beta it's it's a bit like hey how about we all just jump on this game you know there might be something here for you and you might enjoy it and maybe it's going to work for them because you know until we see what they're, they're actually hanging that single player around who knows? So what would the the ultimate open world shenanigans game look like for you guys? Which elements of Just Cause and Prototype and Infamous and Crackdown, you know, would it need to have? And, and yeah, what could possibly tempt you back? Or in, I should say, not necessarily back. It's not, I mean, the fun? movement, I think, is is really important. I, it, that's, that's one of the humongous things in this game that, that mm. really drew me in is how good it feels to move around. So... Mm-hmm. Maybe it just needs for me to give you enough of an incentive to use movement mechanics that feel really good to get to where you're going and to, um, you know, explode things into orbs along the way. Yeah, I, and the Saints, I, I keep Saints bringing Row in the orbs, but that. that's really yeah, important said, to me. As, as I said earlier on the show, I, I think Saints Row takes it to a different level. It, mm. it maybe just goes too far. It, the movement becomes... 
um, inconsequential when you can start just flying around the environment and being you know a, a complete crazy hero um, and equally I, you know, I think something like Just Cause 3 for instance like the the tethering hook is fantastic. What a, what a great mm. thing! But it also brings the game to like a ground a grinding halt, as the the hard the hardware quite often is not capable of um, allowing you to really? kind of fulfill those dreams. Like it goes down to single frames per second. It, it's quite Ooh. it's quite fun. But also there's a little bit of janking in in those games. And yeah, yeah, you know, Crackdown doesn't feel like that. That stuff there, there feels more kind of. Uh, that that movement feels a lot more kind of grounded. So I guess yeah that. The movement and the ability to move around the the environment the way that the original Crackdown does, if they just perfect that and add more stuff to explode and have fun with, then I would. The only thing I'd be worried about if they took the kind of the caricatures of uh, nationalities from the original game and threw it into 2018. I think that would be the the worst case scenario. I would but like to I, believe that they won't be quite I, that I bad. Think, yeah, yeah, yeah mo- modern Microsoft. Will, will, it was a different yeah, time. It was, 2007. Yeah, would not be going down that route. But then, um, yeah, I. Who knows? I guess we'll find David, out. David, what would uh, if they if they were to show an actual some gameplay of this at the next big show, whenever that is? What would they have to show to get you gushing about the what they showed on your podcast? I think the ideas of the the way uh, leveling up helped you in Crackdown mm. was so well done. I'd like to see them have more ideas on what happens when you level up. I mean, transforming the car when you get in it's an, it's it might seem mm-hmm. just like a nice little touch, but it was brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, and it gave you something like to as a mm. reward when you um when you were fully leveled up and you know the ability to jump a lot higher was great and all that stuff. I want to see all that stuff in there. Um but as I said before uh, earlier in the show the the ability to uh, sorry the idea of climbing a tower mm. being a puzzle in itself i'd like to see that you know I, it would be easy to say let's look at what games have done okay they've removed that struggle of trying to climb up a tall thing you can now like in those games you jump to the top uh whereas in crackdown that wasn't the case and i hope they recognize how much fun that is that that you're at the bottom of a tower and when you're at the top of it you feel like you've achieved something it's important and it was one of the things everyone was praising uh zelda the breath of the wild about Mm. like it was you would stop you'd look and go how do i get there and then when you get there you feel like you've earned the right to be there Uh, and that's what that's what crackdown 3 needs so yeah there are definitely elements from crackdown um that needs to be taken forward into that game uh but i want to see them add a whole lot more and not just rest on what that game did. And the nemesis mode from the Shadow of uh, Mordor. Um, yeah, yeah I guess. And, and it'll be interesting to see if they do what they do with full damage, because with games like uh, Middle-earth Shadow of Mordor and uh, Monster Hunter World recently, taking full damage is no longer a thing in so many games. Um, I think they're going to have to sort of do something around that, because I think it's important to have some... Um, vertigo in games sometimes yeah then on the uh, other hand the, the one that i keep thinking of is that in the witcher 3 you can jump off of a chest high wall and Geralt breaks both his ankles so i mean it's it's <laughs> you gotta find there, some kind of a balance to be yeah 
Yeah, yeah. too right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, that, that added yeah. so much as well when you were climbing. I remember having yeah. sweaty palms. Mm. Yes. <laughs> like just think, please, please this don't fall is down it. from here. This is it. It's it's a real decision to be made because Jay and I were playing some Monster Hunter World recently. I know realise this conversation is, is unusually contemporaneous for uh, for Kane and Rince, but um, you know, before we've we've uh, managed to predict Star Fox Zero and Metal Gear Solid Five, <laughs> so you know, maybe we'll maybe we'll hit on something. Um but we were saying, oh, it's so great. You can just jump off anywhere and, and you don't get hurt because it works for that game. But it wouldn't necessarily work. It's it's not a universal panacea, yeah. right? Players won't put up with taking no fall damage anymore. I mean, Mario is another one, Super Mario Odyssey. Like you used to go, used to, um, or is it, no, Breath of the Wild, you can, you still have to put your little uh, floater Shoot out, out yeah. as it were. Um, Mario Odyssey, now you don't take fall damage. Is that right? I'm thinking, yeah. You, you take... You oh, go. No, you don't. At you all. don't. You, do, you just go. Da, 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 whereas in old. <laughs> so you go what? Da, 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 da. He sort of. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> I'm thinking of Link. No, he, he sort of makes that sort of grimacing. That's it. Uh, animation, doesn't he? Mm. And, and and shakes a bit. Yeah, but uh, no, but yeah, no actual. Take that's right. Yeah. So it seems to be something that developers are, are moving into the past for for the yeah, for players to feel safer and more comfortable but actually you know sometimes these things are there for a reason and yeah i totally agree like some jeopardy about climbing up a really tall building actually adds a lot to the experience i think so. yeah and the punishment the punishment wasn't hard when you died it wasn't it's a too shield bad. slam it wasn't, wasn't it yeah well you, you you died but you didn't lose anything you just started right at the same oh of the yeah that's right yeah and it was like it was that was just enough to make me go but not get too frustrated good point yeah um and that that worked really well the problem is the city in this new game is going to be huge so have to getting have a lot right of to the edge of the city and then yeah. going right back to the beginning if mm. that would suck but yeah uh, but equally you don't want to just stand up where you fell because then well i suppose you've still lost the climb haven't you i don't know well hopefully they're working on that yeah <laughs> we're not developers you do it yeah you sort it out guys right we have our usual three-word reviews for Crackdown. Quite a lot of people played it, as you know. Follow us on Twitter, at Kane and Rince. You may detect some shenanigans. Okay, Chod UK, computer game show. McGarnagall says, loved the demo. David Musgrove says, addicted to orbs. The king rocker. Jump, jump, jump. The great Simon Saint says, computer game show. <laughs> Steve Robinson says, skills for skills. Nathan Druitt, those bloody orbs. Richard Burt, driving up walls. Jake Miller's uh, poker one here, computer game show. Clever. Mm. John Timmons, addictive orb hunt. Uh, Martin Baker, one last orb. Adam Devlin, chase the orbs. And Stuart Baker, <laughs> I like this one, computer game show. I always save the best one to always, last. Always, so, uh, yes. yeah. And where can people nice find you? <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I can't even remember asking people. Like, well, I remember <laughs> asking people to do that, but I can't remember why. <laughs> I think when we record our podcast, I go into such a weird rant <laughs> like every, like every five minutes. I can't even remember how I get to these ideas. But at one point, I just swore very loudly about Kane and Rince and said next time they ask for free word reviews, say computer games. <laughs> All right. Just a few that came. <laughs> well, it's it's worked. Good job. Good job. That's, what do you mean everyone. just a few? That's all our listeners. <laughs> yeah. That's, all That's of a good them. percentage. So Leah has just mentioned uh, that Crackdown 3 has been on her Amazon wish list since it was announced in 2014. Yeah. <laughs> it 
it um, don't pre-order though guys no, it's I did bad not it's bad for the industry it's just, it's just there <laughs> i like to watch um i actually have um the completely irrelevant to this discussion but the um i have the playstation 3 version of the last guardian on my playstation wish list uh which was added oh, in 2010 so um i just like to i just like to track things sometimes that's quite interesting yeah. good way of doing it yeah Although very confusing for people trying to buy you presents. Uh, well, I don't think anybody actually looks at these anyway. <laughs> this is more for me. Oh, <laughs> well, bear, bearing that in mind, uh, Leah, how would you like to uh, be the first to summarize your opinion on the original 2007 Crackdown? Sure. So I think that um, Crackdown was really effective in bringing me kind of into this weird subgenre of third person shooters and and by that I I guess that I mean third person shooters that have some kind of mechanic wherein you can just jump all over the place and it's it's kind of a hybrid adventure game and shooter uh, and I I had not played very many games of that ilk up till that point um it's still not one of the primary genres that I go after, but I really enjoy this game, and I think that it's held up pretty well. Uh, maybe not as a technical masterpiece or as um, you know a, a modern uh, game might, but it's still a lot of fun. I still get a lot of satisfaction out of running around and climbing up buildings that you shouldn't be able to climb up, and gathering all the orbs. And uh, you know, I, I I like the way this plays. I like even though there are, as we've mentioned a couple of times, some pretty heinous. Stereotypes stereotypes going on here. I like the uh, the process of kind of going through all of the different areas to uh, to track down the different um, crime syndicates who are who are running the city. And uh, I will definitely pick up Crackdown three when it comes out, and because I'm interested to see what kind of improvements or changes or uh, what in fact remains the same uh, from the previous entries in the series, and I think that I'm going to have a good time uh, with with it, whatever it ends up being. Hopefully, I will have a good time with it, whatever it ends up being. Uh, but yeah, I would uh, if if you have access to this, if you have the Xbox Game Pass, if you have, um, uh, as we've said, it's not. Um, actually uh, available on backwards compatibility at the moment but i think that i picked up a copy for about three dollars recently so they're out there mm. if you still have a 360 hooked up um so yeah i recommend it if uh, if you haven't played it or if you have and just want to kind of uh, low-key blow some things up i i think it's worth it it's uh, even if it has the sticker on the box though you have just missed out on the halo 3 beta oh, man. yeah <sighs> I'm returning this right now. Um, yeah, so I do retain a certain amount of fondness for my Crackdown experience. Um, popping back in for the show is probably about all I want to do. Like David, like it's a game that you can just dive back into for a little while and go, yep, yeah, that's still fun. Um, but it's not a game that I would necessarily think, right, I'm going to play all the way through this I wasn't you know I wasn't desperate to revisit the entire thing in the run-up to this show for example I feel like the genre has moved on and there's been a lot of games which offer very similar amounts of fun uh, and in in slightly different ways and and ever more spectacular ways as as the technology has moved on but this does retain a, a certain specific personality and atmosphere of its own that that I like and keeps it yeah, sort of distinct in my mind from other games of, of the ilk. We've talked about so many of these open world shenanigans games, as I call them. And I think 
it's going to be it is going to be hard for Crackdown 3 to kind of um, carve its own niche now because I think there's been I think Crackdown was influential enough to mean that there were a lot more of these kind of games um, but I think yeah with a fair wind and, and the right amount of buzz and hype maybe you know sometimes these things just need a while to to uh, of being away before people feel enthused towards them again but um, it's not a game I would desperately recommend people go out and pick up an old copy of but if you've got it sitting on a hard drive if you've got it games with gold and you have your 360 still hooked up you could certainly um have a a, a much less pleasant time than than to fire it up tony yeah like yourself um i mean i set out uh, to replay it on the 360 from start to finish and you know it's a fun thing to do for the show and actually you know got a few hours into that playthrough and realised that this wasn't something I actually wanted to do. Um, yeah. That wasn't necessarily down to the quality of the game. It's actually, I think, just realising what the game was, and that is a fun sandbox world. Um, you know, the story is nothing to want to replay, so I didn't need to invest that amount of time. I just felt like, you know, I'd played a, an, you know, an hour and a half of, of normal um, character building, and then I got the keys to the city, and I leveled my character up, and I feel like I experienced that kind of arc almost in the demo demo form of where mm, I would end right. up, and really enjoyed doing that. Um, but equally, it I think it highlighted what the good things and and the negatives of Crackdown is. Um, the good things is uh, just the movement. I I still adore the movement, and I think you know there's been a number of games, open world games, that haven't actually got that feel of what it feels to jump around in Crackdown and what it feels to blow up certain vehicles and see them tumble through the air because the physics engine is just maybe tiled up a bit past eleven, um, where it probably shouldn't be. But it's good damn fun to do so. Um, also, I like the way that it shows the player. It's their progression through visually showing them. So quite often, you you know, there's tons of games where we all see the the, the XP leveling up, and then we look at our stats in, in inside a menu and go, oh yeah, look, oh, yeah, I got twenty more hit points there. Like, excellent. Here, I love the fact that you shoot people and they spur orbs like a pinata, <laughs> and it's visually I'm going, ah oh, yes, I'm leveling up, excellent there, and then I'm jumping and getting the the agility orbs are driving down the thing and you know more orbs 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 all the time and i like the fact that they surface that it also makes the game incredibly cartoony and i also think that's a great thing i just yeah i i'm i've played a number of games um open world games since crackdown that have taken themselves very self-serious and actually to go back to crackdown and it be about the player just having fun in an open world environment really appealed to me but yeah, I I don't know if it's a game that you desperately need to go back and experience the full arc of it. I think with the extra elements that they put that in there via DLC, you could just have just as much time messing about with what it wants to offer straight from the get-go necessarily than having to see that entire arc. But yeah, I think it's a, a really fun game, even in, in 2018. Excellent. And as is traditional, we'll conclude with our guest, David. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a game that changed uh, the way I looked at games going forward, and and it introduced me into a new way of playing. And there's not many games that can that can do that. Mm. Um, should you try it now? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I would be very surprised if by the end of the year this wasn't backwards compatible on Xbox One. Mm. Um, so I would definitely, definitely give it a go because even if it's just running around collecting orbs, that's fun enough. Um, I I'd love to know if it, if the co-op stuff still works. Um, I can't see why it wouldn't. I think it I think would. It was peer to peer. I think it was. Yeah. Um, 
yeah so i mean yeah definitely get together with a mate because uh, i so <coughs> many nights i'm talking hours and hours well i would suggest i like i would guess at over 100 hours just faffing about in that <laughs> area with a mate um and you can't go wrong it's it's fantastic stuff and yeah i'm interested to see if crackdown 3 can sort of capture that magic let's Who knows? hope so let us let's hope, hope so. so yeah totally it remains for me then leon to thank leah tony and david david um i'm sure some of our listeners aren't familiar with your other work so uh fill us in will you yeah check us out we're on um twitch and we're on uh itunes it's a podcast called the computer game show and uh it's a weekly podcast where we talk about the news and games and shout at each other um uh it's a lot of fun it's a lot of fun it is a lot of fun and uh yeah listeners will listeners will know that uh we 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 play up a certain amount of bants and beef between us which is oh there's no bants here i genuinely hate you (laughs) um at computer game pod on twitter Follow us. Yeah, uh, join it, join the right side of the argument. <laughs> it's a it's a it's a sort of low rent, easy to put together slapdash banter cast, basically. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Like I'm not even going to. How long was that end of the year show? Eh? Hey. Yeah, yeah, eleven half hours, mate. Suck on that. You were talking. You were talking about um, uh, Mario Super Mario Go on your end of the year podcast. 20, 2017. I mean, come on. <laughs> It was games you that... Got, there's no time for 2016 games. Games the team had played. We did talk about Super Hot as well. Matt pick. It wasn't a game of the year competition. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I enjoyed that show. Thanks for having me on. It's been it's been great fun. Always uh, a pleasure. I'll, I'll, I'll see you in another year and a half. <laughs> yeah, another year and a half. Uh, in the meantime, I think we've got we've got Sean definitely coming up on one or two shows. Um, oh, no Matt, no Matt Murray, because as we've said before, you have to actually complete games to come on Kane and Rinse. So. <laughs> yeah. Thank you all uh, for listening. Thank you to the editor, Jay, who's uh, doing a quick turnaround on this one due to our schedule change. Much appreciated. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please do subscribe, rate, review, or best of all, stick a dollar a month in at patreon.com slash cane and rinse. You'll get every podcast one week earlier, as well as an exclusive monthly minicast with news from the world of cane and rinse. Next time, in issue 305, I really mean it this time, it's our sort of Winter Olympic tie-in 1080 snowboarding and 1080 avalanche show. Until then, 